Chapter Three of the Heart of Philura by Florence Morse Kingsley. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three, Transfiguration. Miss Philura, heaven bless her! Murmured the minister. Mister Pettibone had paused in the slow meditative progress he found most conducive to logical thought to gaze smilingly out of his study window. Bounding the bleak parsonage yard. Was a picket fence innocent of paint for these many years and on its hither side the small stooping figure of mrs pettibone clad in the shabbiest of her shabby gowns appeared exceedingly busy with a garden rake several sizes too large the minister could already see the green shoots of daffodils and tulips aspiring hopefully to the unfriendly april skies while the pile of sodden leaves at one side of the narrow border increased with every vigorous motion of the awkward tool the smile faded from mr pettibone's lips he even sighed vaguely as he resumed his steady pacing of the study floor down a badly worn breadth of carpet past his desk heaped with reference books and littered with the loose leaves of an incomplete discourse from thence avoiding the crammed waste-paper basket and with a wide detour around the ugly structure of cast-iron truthfully called base burner to the equally worn breadth on the opposite side of the room here in front of the high narrow shelves stained in imitation of black walnut and infelicitously decorated with scalloped strips of red leatherette affixed with rows of brass-headed nails the work of the minister himself in odd moments his abstracted gaze fell upon a sort of oasis of fresh red and black carpet the ladies aid society always written with capital letters had bought the carpet taking money from the unsaved in heathen lands to quote the fervid protest of mrs deaconess buckthorn they had sowed the breadths in solemn conclave after which mrs buckthorn still piously protestant had helped elector pratt to nail it firmly to the floor all this had taken place on the occasion of the pastor's marriage to philura rice last november and now here was the red and black carpet betraying the minister's idle pedestrian habits to every keen-eyed parishioner if mr pettibone wants to trump mrs scrimger had observed acidly to elector pratt why in creation don't he trump round the parish he's fallen off in his pastoral visit and something scandalous since he got married to philura rice whereat miss pratt had giggled disagreeably as church members oughtn't to expect too much of mr pettibone she pointed out i guess he's kind of busy round the house most time she nodded her befrizzled head in face of shocked incredulity you don't mean to tell me mm-hmm ma saw him shaking the parlour rugs last friday and only yesterday i saw him through the window watering her house plants well i never somebody ought to speak to philura that's what i says to ma but ma says to me i'd let somebody else do it lecty if i was you by now the minister in his peregrinations had again reached the study window from whence he had so whimsically apostrophized the lady with the rake miss philura indeed it wasn't even proper after a brief period of indecision the minister removed his double gown that's what he called it and it was double being composed of faded maroon-coloured flannel within and sprawling palm leaves of diverse colours on its outer surface 
having divested himself of this priestly garment mr pettibone clad his spare person in his third best preaching coat clapped an ancient felt hat plucked from the top of the bookcase on his rumpled hair and flung open the door which connected his sanctum with the outer world well my dear the small person with the big garden tool paused in her labours turning toward him with a smiling face pinkened with the rude buffetings of the april wind the daffodils are all in bud she told him he bent his short-sighted gaze upon the sparse border where clustered green spears were piercing the half-frozen mould budded he repeated unbelievingly isn't it too early to be looking for flowers my dear she vouchsafed him a pitying glance look she cried and parted the thick dark leaves with her reddened fingers do you see way down deep those little pointed buds such a passion of suppressed eagerness shook the low voice that involuntarily he turned puzzled examining eyes upon her she was still stooping over the inchoate daffodils her mouth faintly red set in wistful curves mrs pettibone was not in her first youth as everyone in innisfield knew being well into her thirties when she married the minister elector pratt indeed had been heard to declare that philura rice was thirty-six if she was a day but silas pettibone was not thinking of the delicate lines about his wife's down-drooped eyes nor of the threads of silver in the soft waves of her brown hair he was wondering in dazed helpless man fashion if after all philura was unhappy it had been something of an experiment this marriage of theirs nobody it seemed had approved of it this much had become increasingly apparent since the day of their return to the parsonage of the innisfield presbyterian church philura rice living quietly alone in the dilapidated little dwelling of her dead and gone forebears had attracted neither praise nor blame from the busy maids and matrons of the parish she was only miss philura willing even anxious to work on committees pass refreshments at church teas labour uncomplainingly as teacher of badly behaved children in sunday school but all this had been changed and by his own deliberate act the minister was listening abstractedly to what his wife was saying i couldn't help thinking silas those little round buds are like like tiny babies cuddled close and wrapped warm next to their mother's heart yes yes my dear he assented a very pretty idea and you are quite right i think we may count on an earlier spring than usual let me see this is the tenth uh, isn't it no dear it's the twelfth she corrected him gently and then she raised herself with a sigh i must go in she said there's a meeting of the mother's club at the public school this afternoon but why a mother's club he asked a slight frown gathering between his brows i should think you had enough to do without the women asked me to join she told him and i well, really silas i like to go there are questions of interest to be discussed oh to mothers of school children yes he agreed but you of course something in her look halted his words expressive as they were of simple unquestioned fact a flood of hot colour surged into her averted face oh of course i she echoed faintly oh, but you see dear 
i thought i ought to be interested since so many of the children from our parish are in the school and on that account hmm well he commented dubiously well if you like it my dear there's nothing more to be said but i cannot consent to have you running hither and yon at everybody's beck and call you must remember miss philura you married me not the parish she smiled up at him he was a tall man and she a little woman the hot colour in her face slowly subsiding into the delicate wild rose flush he loved to see there it would certainly be dreadful to marry the parish she declared i'd rather live and die an old maid the mirth suddenly dropped out of his face and he looked down at her anxiously if you should ever really think that he mused in a low voice if you should be sorry i've been wondering lately about me she queried you've been wondering well if you are really quite happy if after all i wasn't wholly selfish to bring you here this isn't an easy parish and collectively i believe it has an ogreish notion it has married you blood bones and body her blue eyes full of gentle raillery met his you know you're talking nonsense she accused him i was just a lonely unhappy old maid when you wonderful you came to me right out of the encircling good oh what a surprise you were and happy of course i'm happy living with you seeing you every day oh yes and working for me like a slave he interrupted ruefully cooking and scrubbing for me patching and darning and the rest it's no sinecure i know that much and often you look very tired and besides all this the endless meetings and committees and oh, stop she cried a wonderful rose of love blooming in her face he had witnessed that subtle transfiguration of its gentle commonplace twice before once when he told her he loved her and again on the day of their marriage don't you know she said it is just that the work the oh, being tired yes even the parish for you that makes me happy oh if i could only be something greater and grander more worth while for you a swift lightning flash from the shy virginal depths of her soul to unplummeted deeps of his passed between them do you mean he asked his voice suddenly shaken and eager am i to understand my dear that you she shook her head the light and colour so suddenly kindled within her subsided as swiftly leaving her middle-aged face quiet even dull like a sober landscape from which the sun has withdrawn itself no she said without pretence of misunderstanding his agitated look and gesture there's no hope of that i fear her small roughened fingers closed across her breast as if she could no longer bear his gaze bent to scrutinize its unveiled secret end of chapter 3